Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Man, last episode we got on a little bit of a tangent on Rocky. Yes. Sorry about did. that. No, it's okay. Yeah. Oh, forget about it. But I was going into my whole discussion about how I'm very much looking forward to the fall. You know the last time I was looking forward to a season? Eesh. I remember vividly 2020. I was looking forward to the spring. Yeah? How'd that, yeah. How'd that turn out? Not great. COVID, mm-hmm. lockdown, everything was terrible. I remember that because I was like, oh, Keeneland's going to be open in April and, you know, the weather's breaking and my running's great. And I was like in denial in the first couple of months, too, when it happened. I was like, oh, this isn't going to be short term. It's not going to happen. This is going to be easy. We're going to boom, boom, boom. I think everybody did. Holy cow. Are you still seeing? I kind of still see the fatigue out there from people. Uh, It's just, man, it's shifted a lot of things dramatically, I think. Yeah, I mean, big events change people. Yeah. Change society. Change society. I think that's one of the reasons that a lot of people I see out there are trying to paint this market and this environment into some historical um, precedent. You know, oh, this is like the 70s or like this is like the 80s or, you know, whatever it is. And I just, I, I mean, you could even go back to the Spanish flu and you wouldn't be able to to make the same correlation because our financial system, our global uh, global financial system was much different than it was. Our society, the way people made money was much different. I just think, I, I just think people who are saying, oh, this is what's going to happen because this is what happened in 2000, I just think are, I, I don't think they're right. I, I think they're wrong. I mean, it makes sense, right? You have this big debate right now. Are we in a recession or not? If two quarters of negative GDP, academically, that means we're in a recession. And I don't disagree with that. Airlines aren't in a recession. Hotels no. are not in a recession, right? I mean, it's just unbelievable. I, I mean, grocery stores aren't in a recession. Maybe grocery stores always do well during difficult times. I don't know. But there's other areas that are struggling, you know. Housing just started, seems like. Housing just started. Builders are struggling. Many tech companies are laying people off that that are not, you know, needed any longer. Startups funding is mm. drying up a little bit at least. Yep. Anyways, I, I just it's just different. I just think it's uh, it's a it's a different environment right now. Well, we talked I think uh, had to be quite a few episodes ago now like recessions can be localized to industries to areas of the country. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, we're trying to put our finger on is the entire American U.S. economy in a recession. And But an economy is a very dynamic thing. And there's the personal economy, there's your local economy, and there's the national economy. And, uh, if you get fired from your job, your personal economy is in a recession. Well, that used to be the standard, so, you know, humorous definition. A recession is, you know, when your neighbor loses their job, a depression is when you lose your job. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's industry, but it's industry-specific, it seems, more so than ever. And, again, a lot of economics people, I watch these very smart economists coming out, oh, this is going to happen. They've been dead wrong. They've been so wrong with so many predictions. It's unbelievable. 
And I saw somebody the other day that I that I really do respect, who's very flexible as an investor, and said, you know, there's two thousand two hundred economists in the world, and you know, if any one of them could predict anything consistently, they wouldn't be economists anymore; they'd be retired or something like that. Sure. Anyways, it's just fascinating. I, I think as investors, you know, we 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 tend to, especially our DIY money tribe here, listeners and and beyond. You know, I'm t- I'm telling you, I've been in this business twenty plus years. Very few people know what's going to happen next. And when they get it right, it's rare that they get it right again. So just be very careful with who you listen to and who the, the, the comments you digest and so on. Michael Burry, for instance, of The Big Short, just went all cash. You know, it made news recently. But the interesting thing is, is that disclosure is through the end of June, Mm-hmm. So he was cash at the end of June, which basically means he missed the rally in July. Now, it just came out in August, and it, and people are looking at it and go, oh, you know, Michael Burry just sold off, you know, sold everything. This is the top. Well, that was – my guess he's back reinvested, and we're going to see that in the next quarter. But that's a great example. Like, you know, ugh, anyways. Okay, I'm off that. Let's, let's move on. We got a great question from Chris today uh, from long, long, long way away. Chris, what do you got? D-I-Y! Hey, DIY guys. Uh, first of all, this is Chris, uh, 49 years old, originally from Philly, uh, but now living in the Philippines. Uh, yep, you heard that right. Love the show. Tried to submit a question last year, but definitely I think it was over the time limit, so hopefully this catches under the 60-second mark. I have a backdoor Roth question. Uh, I got a late start to Roths only about four years ago, but have been consistently over the income threshold due to my corporate job. To invest directly. So I do max out a Roth uh, through the backdoor Roth process, including this year. Next year, however, I'm expecting that my income may not exceed the threshold uh, as I'm out of the corporate world and consulting. What are the guidelines on this? I likely won't know what my annual income for 2023 will be until later on in the year next year, but still want to take advantage of maxing out at the beginning of the year to get my money into the market. Even if I'm under the income limit for a Roth, should I still just do a backdoor just in case my income does exceed the threshold, or should I just deposit directly into my Roth? Currently, I'm using a traditional IRA, which acts as a holding account, but nets a zero balance after I do the rollover, and I only have one Roth IRA. Thanks for taking my question, and I super look forward to hearing from you guys. Ciao. Ciao. Arrivederci. Okay, great question. Um... Philippines, holy cow, that's fantastic, I guess. I don't know. My only connection to the – I have a very close friend who support started and supports an orphanage over there, and so we help him cool. on occasion. Yeah, it's fantastic. Sunlight Ministries, I think. I don't remember the name. That's terrible. I should know the name. Anyways, I uh, someday I'm going to get there. I'm going to go yeah. see this facility. They bought farmland. It's a self-sustaining event. You know, it's amazing. It's fantastic. Okay. Um, Daniel's going to be much better at this than I am for sure. But I think it's important for our listeners to – for us to explain a couple things, and then I'll let Daniel speak specifically to the strategy. So backdoor Roth IRA. We don't hear that often, uh, but I want to dissect it a little bit. The Roth IRA – as most of you now, I'm sure, know, after-tax contributions, uh, so you've already been taxed, it's gone into your bank account. You make a deposit into your Roth IRA. That is a bucket, 
right? That is an, a vehicle from which you then can invest into a variety of things. You can invest in stock funds and individual stocks, bond funds and individual bonds. You can buy gold. You can buy a variety of things. You could even, if you want to go through the hoops and spend the money, you could even buy real estate, which I don't necessarily advise because it's very costly at times. Uh, but nonetheless, you have the ability to invest a, a, a lot of uh, different uh, vehicles within that bucket. Now, there it's a great tool. Uh, there's some nuanced differences between the IRA that can make a huge impact. One is uh, there is no income tax uh, on the withdrawals uh, over the age of 59 and a half. There is no required minimum distribution at age 72. And your non-spouse heirs, again, fall under the same situation as you and that they do not pay income tax either on distributions. Still falls into the 10-year window. So if you and your spouse were to pass, you have a Roth and it goes on to your kids, they have to withdraw it in 10 years, but there's no income tax on that. So fantastic tool. Uh, There's two ways to get money into a Roth. You can contribute or you can convert. Conversion is moving money from an IRA to a Roth, paying tax on the conversion. Why would you do that? Well, you do it to pay tax on it now and never pay tax again. If you find yourself in a situation ever where you have a low tax bracket year, for whatever reason, maybe uh, instead of just humming and hawing about how you didn't make any money that year or how you lost money or whatever it may be, look at a Roth or look at an IRA and consider a Roth conversion. Talk to a professional about that. Now, Contributions are limited, however, based on your income. There's a phase-out provision both based on income from an individual and a joint perspective. So many people, because of income levels, cannot do the contribution. So there's a method by which you can do what's called a backdoor Roth. And it's just like it sounds. is You're moving money into a Roth through a backdoor mechanism, and you're kind of using both of the methods that I discussed. The first method is instead of contributing to a Roth, you're actually going to contribute to a traditional IRA. Now, there's a phase-out provision for the tax deduction on a traditional IRA as well, but there's not a phase-out provision for contributing to a traditional IRA. You just might not get the tax deduction. But if you've moved money in to a traditional IRA and you've got no tax deduction, then the conversion amount on that can, in essence, be tax-free. So you can convert money from a traditional IRA to a Roth, which is not an income threshold limitation. You've gotten money into the Roth through sort of a backdoor mechanism. So there's some nuanced steps in there. There's a lot of pitfalls. So again, I would make sure you talk to a tax advisor or a professional if this is what you're seeking of doing. But it is also a great strategy if you are a high-income earner. Daniel, how did I do in that explanation? I miss anything? Did I mess anything up? No, that was really good. Let the big dog eat! I think the biggest potential pitfall or landmine that you got to be aware of is it's uh, IRS looks at individual IRAs as uh, pro rata. So it's not, you can't designate one account as your sort of backdoor IRA account. If you have any other IRAs, not mm. employer plans, 401ks, et cetera, but anything with the name IRA in it. So that would be a traditional IRA, rollover IRA, simple IRA, SEP IRA, things of that nature. Then um, that is included in that sort of lump sort of pro rata rule. And uh, 
they would take your deductible and non-deductible contributions pro rata uh, when you convert, which means um, whatever ratio that they're in for people. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. Yeah, so I think you did fantastic job. Good. So, Nicely done. So thank you. So Chris's question. So he's been doing the backdoor Roth. He's been doing the backdoor Roth. So first of all, the, the nuance I, I want to say is a lot of people might say, well, put it in the traditional, uh, invest it, and then do a conversion. Well, here's the caveat. If he were to put it in the traditional, let's say in January, he doesn't know what his overall income level is until you know nearing the end of the year. And let's say he makes a decision if there are gains in that account, then he has to pay tax on the gained portion. So going the route of buying in a traditional, investing, and then converting is not what you typically do. You You put your money into a traditional, you leave it in cash, you convert the cash pretty quickly uh, if you want to, and then you invest. I guess what's the downside for him to go through the backdoor Roth mechanism um, if his if his income threshold i guess i guess he would not be phased out so he would actually take a deduction and then he would pay income tax if the income threshold on the roth was lower meaning if the income threshold on the roth and i don't know what the two are but if if the deduction the income, on the ira is lower than the roth so out. he could so be in a not- situation where he still doesn't get the deduction on the traditional correct he's not going to get he's that he's not phased out like. of the roth or he could be in a situation where he gets the deduction on the Roth and then does a conversion and pays tax on it. Yeah, so it sounds like he's pretty close to the line on the Roth IRA eligibility. So he has, sounds like, two options at the beginning of the year because it sounds like he wants to basically contribute on January 2nd. Market's not open on January 1. So say January 2nd, get whatever the market does for the whole year. But he doesn't really know what his income is going to be mm-hmm. until you know the full income to the end of the year. And uh uh, about $10,000 either way could make or break whether or not he's eligible for that uh, Roth IRA contribution. So let's take a look at those two roads. Uh, January 2nd, he contributes to a Roth IRA thinking that he might be under the limit. Good. Uh, by the end of the year. But as the end of the year comes, he realizes he's going to be over the limit. That's a non-eligible contribution to the Roth IRA. He needs to pull that out and then uh, pay taxes on any gains uh, that, that he would have had. So... Uh, that's pretty straightforward. Pulls Income it out. Taxes. Yeah. What and if then, that then pushes him over? He, well, well he I guess he would over. push it over anyways. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. So takes that out, and then he can contribute to the IRA. So he's he's um, he's had some gains in the market. He's paid some tax on some. He contributes uh, up to the maximum for the non-deductible contribution to the IRA. Then does the conversion, and he's pretty squared away there, right? So there's one option. Okay. The what a pain. Yeah. The other option <laughs> is on January 2nd, he makes a non-deductible contribution to his IRA, uh, does the conversion to the Roth. Um, as long as he hasn't had any gains in the IRA before he converts it, he's not going to be taxed on the gains there. Uh, and then it'll be in the Roth IRA but from that point forward. But the only dilemma would be is if his income was so low that he... That he contributed to a traditional, he got the deduction. That doesn't, yeah, that doesn't matter because it'd be a wash. You'd get the deduction, so then you'd convert wash. it, you'd get the so income. So why wouldn't he just do that then? Uh, there's no particular reason why you couldn't do that. It's just an extra reporting step, which he's been used to doing. Yeah, 
So I don't so see any major, again, just... So if you really want to get the year, mm-hmm. because what he's doing is playing the probabilities sure. of a positive year in the market, which is fine. It makes sense. Compounding interest over time, obviously, the sooner the better. So uh, starting you know, as if you're doing a, a backdoor conversion with the one caveat, the only potential downfall would be you took a deduction – on the traditional contribution because your income was low enough for you to do that. but So therefore, the conversion amount is then taxable as ordinary income. Yeah, it would be in the same year, so it would wash out. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some people who are uh, of the mind that the step rule applies, uh, the IRS step rule, which means when you have an aggregate amount of steps that accomplish, I'm going to totally butcher the description of this but when when you have multiple steps and in aggregate they accomplish one thing that you're not supposed to be able to do anyhow um then in effect that whole transaction is looked at as one whole so it's the reason why people who do the backdoor uh roth ira method oftentimes will wait a period of time a statement cycle or something like that before they do the conversion so technically if you wanted to be super cautious you would not put that into a um a non-deductible contribution in on January 2nd and then on January 2nd or January 3rd do the conversion to get the whole year. So that's the one sort of pitfall of doing the backdoor method. If you're mm-hmm. really wanting to get the entire uh, full year. Now, well, and you got 80 some thousand IRS agents that are now going to be looking at that. There you go. It's I've not heard of anybody ever having that rule enforced. Uh, I've 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 read plenty of blogs where there's concern about that rule but never uh, that that rule has been heavily audited. Though in the future, it sounds like backdoor Roths might be more in focus than they, they have been historically because they've gotten so much press. All that said, I would uh, find the method that makes the most sense to you within the realm of, of what you think you're able to do as close as possible and not be overly concerned about missing out a week or two weeks of, of the market earnings the fact that you're getting it into the account, saving for retirement, not paying tax in the long run, is going to be move the needle in a bigger fashion than going, oh, I missed you know January's market returns or something like that. So I, I think what I'm hearing is go through the standard backdoor methodology. If make sure I were in this situation and I was thought that I was very close to the line, I would probably keep doing what I was doing. Yeah, and do the backdoor. Um, Roth IRA. I don't have all the information, so I can't tell him specifically what to do, but understanding all the circumstances, that's probably what I would do in this situation. Here's the one thing I I would be curious about. So he said he's now a consultant. Mm -hmm. On the last episode, we had somebody talking about they didn't have a 401k. Um, Make sure if you are a consultant, meaning you're now getting a 1099, that you look at uh, the potential of a SEP IRA for you. SEP. So that is something maybe you've already considered it. Maybe you have it in place and you're like, mm-hmm. ah, but uh, a great way to uh, also save for retirement. Again, it's not through the raw. So you're, you're, you know, going to do, um, uh, you know, pre-tax earnings, but it's right off the top of your profit as a contractor. But you could convert that and get it into the Roth and have the same mm-hmm. overall net effect, but you could do more. Yep. Cause you'd put a lot more into your SAP convert it, be in the same situation you were with having that same amount of taxable income. Yep. But and you're avoiding self-employment tax on that money 
uh, on the conversion, you're just paying income tax as opposed to it being top line, you know, profit or profit and you're paying self-employment tax and then it's coming over on your 1040. So, so there's some good options there. Absolutely. Make sure you make sure you consider that as well. Easy peasy. Okay. Uh, that was in, that was a little bit in the weeds more than we normally get, but uh, I think it was worthwhile and I'm certain there's more and more of our listeners out there that uh, this probably applies to. So great question, Chris. And uh, I'd just love to know what you're doing in the Philippines. So maybe follow up with an email. I've gotten some follow-ups lately. I say that flippantly like at yeah. the end i'm like oh, i'd be curious how that planned out and i'm getting great follow-up so i really appreciate it i should share it on the show but i don't know how we have a way to tie it in you know together and i certainly don't want to put more work on steve to cut in some previous episode what are you talking about willis okay whatever that's a good offline discussion all right friends the secret to wealth is pretty simple live on less than you make and invest the rest make it a great day oh and do it for a long time there you go make it a great day <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.